happy to be in for Matt Pauley on a Brewers Weekly on a Thursday night. On a day, the Brewers played a pair of games in Arizona. It was a two-for day as the Brewers split their squads. They fell to the Giants 6-2, to and they defeated the Cincinnati Reds by a score of 10-8. to That was the day for the Brewers. We'll get into some of the details of those games. Some interesting nuggets, some... Uh, Really nice things to see as uh, you start to get some of the more regulars involved here as we flip the calendar to the month of March. Coming up in our next segment, Brent Suter is going to join us. I know he's injured, but he's still finding a way to affect things inside the clubhouse in Maryvale. We'll get the latest from Suter. Uh, always a great guy. He'll join us coming up tonight at 8.15. Hey, really the biggest news from the world of baseball today, the contract signed or agreed to by Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper going to the Phillies, 13 years, $330 million. Just let that sink in for a second. This is all guaranteed money, 13 years, $330 million. This is uh, just a couple of weeks after Manny Machado's $300 million deal. And again, it's baseball. So all of the money is guaranteed. This is not a football situation where Aaron Rodgers, $98.2 million, and Matt Ryan's $100 million, and Matt Stafford's a little over $96 million. That's all guaranteed. Add them all up. They don't even get close to where Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are. That's the world of baseball. So that was the big news. Bryce Harper is going to stick around the National League, and he will be a member of the Philadelphia Phillies, a young team that last year was in the hunt. They made some big pitching moves a year ago. They signed Jake Arrieta. They've got an ace in Aaron Nola. They've got some young players, and, and that's a team to watch here, I think in the National League this coming season. Bryce Harper certainly adds some star appeal to that whole deal. As for the Brewers today, got to see a little bit of Lorenzo Cain. He recorded a hit in his only at-bat in the Cactus League so far this season. Mike Moustakas hit a home run to right center as he's getting some time at second base. Moustakas of the regulars has played a little bit more than most. Uh, Travis Shaw saw some time today. We have not yet seen Ryan Braun. Christian Yelich had an at-bat as well. Uh, But today I thought was interesting with regard to pitching. So you hear that the Brewers win 10-8, to and your first thought is, well, somebody got roughed up. Well, yes, that was the case. It did happen today. But it's always important to figure out who it was, what happened, will that pitcher, will that guy be on the roster come opening day. And I think you'd have a different feeling about it if it was Brandon Woodruff giving up six runs in two innings versus a guy you know is going to start the season at AAA or AA. So Woodruff had to start against the Reds. He pitched an inning, had three walks, but did not allow a hit. So he was able to get out of a bases-loaded jam uh, in his only inning of work. Freddie Peralta against the Giants also had a scoreless inning of work. Now, two pitchers got roughed up, and the bulk of the damage was done against two pitchers. Birch Smith, you may not have heard of him, 28 years old, uh, only a couple years' experience in the major leagues. He got roughed up today. I don't know that Burt Smith is in the plans for Craig Council, but he allowed four earned runs. And on the other side, Zach Brown, who I do think you'll see in a Brewers uniform sometime this season, uh, four runs scored while he was on the hill, but only one of those was earned. So uh, offensively, Jesus Aguilar with a three-run bases-clearing double. Eric Kratz also had a a two-run home run in one of the games today. So it's always a mixed bag of nuts with Cactus League action, and it was a split squad for the Brewers today. Calendar turns to March, and uh, it continues tomorrow for the Milwaukee Brewers. Coming up next, he is not pitching. He's got a time to be able to return some point after the All-Star break, but he is certainly affecting things in the clubhouse in Maryvale. We'll talk to Brewers pitcher Brent Suter after this. Just getting started on Brewers Weekly. 
Greg Match again for Matt Foley of Brewers Weekly on WTMJ from the Greater Milwaukee Auto Show. Happy to be here on a Thursday night. Looking forward to getting to Arizona. I leave on March 10th. I'll be there for the week, and uh, things will be cranking up at that point. Uh, by the time I get there, there will only be about two weeks left of spring training as the regular season begins on March 28th. Well, I know our next guest will not be on the opening day roster, and uh, there is a timetable for Brent Suter's return. In his head, I'm sure, anyway, and it might be after the All-Star break, but that's fine. Brent Suter always finds a way to reach the headlines. It's just like you, Brent, uh, affecting the way people habitually go about their day. You're trying to save the world one player at a time. I love what you're doing. <laughs> Thanks, thanks. We, uh, yeah, we launched the strikeout campaign this week for, uh, using reusable water bottles instead of plastic water bottles. And, uh, so far my teammates are in the uh, coaches, staff, everybody's buying in seems so far. So it's been a really fun week. So where did this come from? Where was this idea born? Uh, my cousin and I were talking, uh, just chilling on the couch a couple of years ago. Uh, we kind of thought of things we could do potentially with the platform of, uh, being a major league baseball player. And this came to mind. We thought it was a good idea. So at the time we made an Instagram and a Twitter handle, uh, just called strikeout waste just to like make sure we had it. So when the time was right, we could kind of move forward with it and, uh, figured the spring was the time was right. Um, I wanted to, when I was seeing how much plastic we were going through at the complex, uh, just plastic water bottles alone, not even to mention Gatorade, soda, and all that stuff. So thought it could be uh, some low-hanging fruit we could try to eliminate some waste with. And uh, so far, it's been a lot of excitement, a lot of fun. Fans are being engaged with it. And, uh, hopefully, we can get, like, a challenge thing going uh, here in the next couple of days where it can kind of you can challenge your friends to maybe go a week without using a plastic bottle and take a picture of the reusable bottle you're using or something like that. So... We'll see how it goes, how far it goes, but it's uh, been a lot of fun so far. Have you partnered with a, a, a company, or are you just going on Amazon and buying them in bulk? <laughs> I've partnered with the company who's uh, been sending them, um, and so there's, there's actually some other companies that are sending them as well uh, in the next couple of days, but we might get an official kind of deal going with the partner, or the Zulu Athletic Company, whose bottle I've been using the last couple of years, and it's just a, a great bottle, great product, and they sent it, they sent us uh, the first shipment in a couple days ago and it was really exciting and I think it was yesterday actually but uh, yeah they they sent us to them for free it was really nice of them. Well, Brent, how do you go about determining who gets one right away? Right, did multiple shipments? You got a pretty packed <laughs> clubhouse. How do you decide right. who gets one and who has to wait? That's actually a source of controversy right now. <laughs> so, so I took a list down. <laughs> I took a list down of everybody who was going to get a bottle um, and just kind of did it in that order. But people were coming up. It, it was like 6 in the morning. I, I uh, came with Jimmy Nelson, so you know it was going to be early in the day. And uh, we got the, the uh, list going. So I was doing from the top of the list down. And people would come up saying, hey, I signed up. I'm wondering. I'm here. Can I get it one now? And I said, ah. Okay, so I started giving out the people who were there in the vicinity and who were committed to using the reusable bottle. So I ended up going like nine deep in the top from the top to bottom on the list out of like the seventy five we have, and then others are scattered around to how close and how early they were to the complex near me. So a little bit of controversy going. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of years ago, I was at spring training, and, and starting pitchers were walking around in embroidered Milwaukee Brewers robes, courtesy of Matt Garza. <laughs> And uh, yeah. that was a controversy then. Like, everybody wanted the robes, and, like, right. not all the pitchers had them, but some had them. Like, it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I had heard about that. And I, I didn't want to <laughs> leave anybody. 
I didn't want to leave anybody out, so we're going to have plenty of bottles. Like they're going to be coming in in waves here, but uh, we're going to have plenty of bottles for everybody who wants to do this one. So it'll be uh, hopefully the the controversy will die down here in the next uh, week. (laughs) I'll be there March 11th. Hopefully, there's a spare one. Yeah, (laughs) hopefully it dies down. Yeah. Brent Suter joining us on Brewers Weekly. I, look, I know this has all been about games and guys getting into the routine and you know slowly but surely getting stretched out and uh, working a couple of innings. But I know it's a different situation for you. So what are your days like right now in Arizona? Yeah, so I'm getting in early, um, getting my rehab. If I'm throwing that day, so I'm throwing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If I'm throwing that day, I'm getting loosened up, getting fan work, and then throwing, coming in, doing arm care, and uh, any weightlifting I have to do, and then go to the meeting and then kind of be a normal player for the the from the meeting to like non throwing drills to conditioning and then once we do throwing PFPs or obviously throwing bullpens or anything I'm not participating but I'm kind of there just taking it in learning uh, every every second I can about the new guys we got and how you know how they're holding pitches and all that so uh, yeah it's been one of those like I'm not exactly I'm it's a weird dynamic of I feel a really big part of it, like a part of it. I'm with the guys all the time stretching, but I'm not uh, doing the game stuff. So it's an interesting but it's, it's been a blast so far. So what is the next hurdle for you to clear, Brent? Is is there something sort of tangible out there that you need to be able to do to kind of move on to that next step in your rehab? Um, so we're still in phase one. I think once we get to 120 feet of tossing, that's kind of when we enter the phase two of it. Uh, that's when we start thinking about getting off the mound. Um, and that's not, I'm, I'm still at 75 feet this week. My, my last week is 75 feet. So that we still got a couple weeks left, uh, or maybe a month and a half left on at that 120 foot mark. Cause you basically spend two weeks at every 15 foot increment. So, um, I'll, I'll be at 90 feet next week for the next, for those two weeks. And then, 105 feet after that, and then once we get to 120, it'll be a little bit more of a ramp, uh, a little bit more of a phase two type thing. How's the vibe? I know it's a packed clubhouse. Spirits are great coming off last season. It feels like there's still something to, you know, something else to do, another step to take. And then you've got a lot of young guys in that clubhouse right now. Start trying yeah. to soak everything in. It's a great, it's a great vibe in there. Um, really has been since I got to the big leagues back in 2016, but it just keeps on building on itself. We got great guys. Everyone has each other's backs. We're sacrificing for each other, and the new guys are coming in with a great attitude. Uh, the young guys soaking everything in, really uh, gelling with the guys that uh, were already in the clubhouse. So it's, it's a great atmosphere. Everyone's getting along really well, having a blast in there. We're uh, we're dancing, we're having a good time, but we're also <laughs> getting after it when it's time to get after it. Yeah. You got you got family with you too in Arizona. I know you've got a what a four month old now. Yep. Yep, yep. My four-month-old Liam is here. My wife's here. My, even my dog's here. Uh, and actually, my mother-in-law's here too this weekend. So it's uh, it's been a blast. They, uh, it's so much better and so much more uh, fun having my wife and son and dog here as opposed to the last spring, last couple of spring trainings where my wife is only been able to come out for a week or so at a time. It's an absolute blessing for sure. Well, what did we disrupt you doing here on a Thursday night in the Greater Phoenix area? <laughs> We're actually uh, we're waiting outside a restaurant to go uh, eat, but it's where it actually worked out perfectly with us waiting for the table to get set up. So it's perfect. <laughs> I, you're yeah. Brent Suter. Like you do, you walk in there and they, they're just supposed to put a table down for you. Not you know quite, what I'm saying? Not quite. <laughs> that, that table's got to be if the if the table doesn't exist, all of a sudden it pops out of nowhere. Then boom! Right. All of a sudden you're sitting right down eating. <laughs> 
I appreciate the confidence, the ego boost, but uh, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Maybe never. Probably well, good stuff, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing you uh, coming up in March. I'll be down there March 11th and uh, spending a week around the new digs. The new place looks amazing, by the way. Yeah, it's sweet. Yeah, it's too cool. Yeah, it's really awesome. Well, good stuff. I'm glad things are going well. Keep up the, the good work with the, with the water bottles, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Look forward to seeing you. All right, take care. That's uh, Brewers pitcher Brent Suter uh, trying to save the world. We like that about Brent Suter. Good stuff from a great guy. Brewers manager Craig Council, his comments after this on WTMJ. Welcome back to the Greater Milwaukee Auto Show. Oh, it was a great event. Happy to be here. And our trip to the auto show this year is sponsored by Elkhart Lakes Road America. Split squad for the Brewers today. They won a game and they lost a game beating the Reds 10-8 to and losing to the Giants by a score of 6-2. to Record-wise, it's really not been anything to write home about for the Brewers so far, but slowly and uh, but surely the guys will start getting ramped up here in the month of March as uh, we are one month away from the start of the regular season. Just let that sink in for a second. March 28th, 2019, the Brewers will take the field at Miller Park against the St. Louis Cardinals. Pretty interesting stuff. Slowly but surely, as I mentioned, guys are getting rolled into uh, the lineups. He hit Christian Yelich with an at-bat under his belt now. Travis Shaw, Lorenzo Cain saw some time today. Probably get Ryan Braun in the lineup, uh, if not tomorrow, at some point, maybe next week. And uh, the guys who are getting a lot of work, really, is the bullpen. Because nobody has pitched more than two innings at a time. And the bulk of the guys who are entering the games for Craig Council are pitching one inning. And uh, that was something that Council talked about. The bullpen is getting a, a lot of work right now as the starters, and especially those starters who are heavily involved in the Brewers' postseason run. And Craig Council wanted to delay their trips to the mound in spring training. So if you weren't used much in September and October, like Chase Anderson, like Zach Davies, those guys have been filtered in from the get-go. And if you saw a lot more time down the stretch, like Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, well, Craig Council opted to give those guys a, a little bit longer of a break before seeing live action. So the bullpen getting a lot of work for the Brewers manager. Yeah, Corey Hader Jeffers, and then I know Jacob Barnes is Saturday is in the game Saturday. So um, we're, we're, we'll be at. I think every pitcher will have been in the game by by Saturday. Yeah. No, we're we're all good. Um, just uh, we can go slower with the relievers. So we're, that's how we're that they're kind of. End of this week is when they start. You know, it used to be that I would ask a starting pitcher at spring training, you know, what was the goal? What what would you want to do? What does success look like at the end of the season? And common numbers that were thrown around were 30 starts, 200 innings. Those were big-time numbers for starting pitching. It usually spoke to a level of durability. And if you reach 200 innings, a, a reasonable level of success. You're not getting beat all around the park if uh, you reach 200 innings. So, it, it's a number that used to be used frequently in baseball, and it seems to be that as baseball goes into a more specialized game with the bullpens being implemented early uh, and trips to the mound often, especially in the case of the Brewers, that 200-inning mark, is it as important today as it was four, five, six years ago? That would be great. <laughs> that's every team would say yes. That's what we want. Would they sell them? I, mean, I think they would. Yeah, okay. because that means that means they're pitching really well. Right. Yeah. I mean, they got to pitch well to do that. You got to pitch really well to do that. If so, if we had five guys throw 180 innings, yeah, um, we'd be. I'd be ecstatic. But I, I think 
if you're getting that many innings, I think that means they're they're pitching well. It means we're winning a lot. Um, that means they're putting up zeros a lot. Um, we don't have to hit for them because they're, you know, whether whether we're we have a lead and things like that. So it's, you know, yeah, it's not, it's it's not the goal to get pitchers. I don't. I won't. I would say I don't set it out as a goal, a number on a starting pitcher's innings. You know, we look at how are we going to get 27 outs every day. Um, but if you told me in October that we had five pitchers that had 180 to 200 innings, I would say it was a pretty good chance we had a really good year. Yeah. You know, Craig Council's philosophy it's it's been honed over the last couple of years and was really on full display when rosters expanded down the stretch last season and, of course, into the playoffs, there was a pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, Andrew Miller, this kind of versatile swing man in the bullpen, kind of like a Josh Hader. Uh, He'd be used for three-inning stretches beginning in the fourth inning. Like, just a deadly left-handed pitcher. You saw that in the playoffs a couple of years ago, uh, especially against the Cubs. But Andrew Miller is a guy who helped influence Council's pitching philosophy. The Indians did with Andrew Miller really was the big light bulb for everybody, or for, at least for me, about, wait a second, whatever we've been thinking about, like, it, it just opened up for me a lot of different ideas um, with, your st- and with your starting pitching, with your bullpen, um, about how, how would this work in the regular season, how would a version of this work in the regular season. That was his you. It was Andrew Miller's usage that opened up, that made me start thinking about all this. So uh, the bullpen late season was used in a a different way than it was early season. And the whole situation, well, it's likely to be a a fluid one as this season gets rolling. I think largely it does not apply to April through um, August. I think it's September. It, it right. could apply depending on your depth, depending on the depth of. It, it, but still depends on your personnel. It really, it, it depends. Your personnel is really important in how you'd consider consider these things. But um, you know, we did win 96 games during the regular season in a, with using our pitching in a certain way, and we'll we'll try to replicate that to a certain extent. I think as much as anything. Mentioned the regular is starting to get a, a little bit more time here as the calendar turns to March, and we are a month away from the regular season. Lorenzo Kane with a hit today for the Brewers. No Ryan Braun just yet. He has always been a guy who is, uh, is said to me many times he just doesn't feel like he needs a lot of time to be ready with his swing, and some guys are different than others. Travis Shaw with an at-bat today. Mike Boustakis with a home run. Had a double a little bit earlier in Saskatchewan's league play. So slowly but surely, the regulars are, are finding their way into Craig Council's lineup. They'll be out there. I think it's best. the best way to do this is to keep uh, just do a regular schedule. And that, that's the best way to – that's what baseball players are used to is a schedule. And, and so it, it'll be fairly fairly regular, and I think that's what they want. As for Jimmy Nelson, a bit of an update from Craig Council. Uh, he's playing catch again today, and then um, we'll see. What, we'll, then we'll draw a plan up for the weekend and kind of a seven-day plan. That's kind of how we're doing it. As for the rotation, will it include Jimmy Nelson at the start of the year? My guess says no. Uh, it's going to take him some time to get stretched out, but what would that rotation look like? It is February, but... Still kind of an interesting thing to watch throughout the next month. 
We're, re we're really looking at, you know, Chassin is locked in, sure. and then we really have, I think, you know, five, five, and I would, I would throw, throw Josh Tomlin is, is certainly under consideration. Um, it's like seven for four, I think we... Yeah, uh, yeah, I think... Right? Am I missing a guy? Uh, it, so then it's the three young guys, Cor Corbin Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Davies, Anderson. So that's that's six, and then Tomlin is, is seven, and that so that's kind of the the, the the core list. And then there's some other guys that Junior Guerra's, you know, there, but we'd like to probably use him in the bullpen if you know we're healthy, healthy in the rotation right now, coming out of spring. And Jimmy Nelson, Jimmy Nelson's the other guy that factors into that, yeah. Brewers manager Craig Council from earlier today greeting the media prior to today's split squad game. Brewers Weekly continues from the Greater Milwaukee Auto Show after this. Before we get to 9 o'clock, here a portion of my conversation with Fox Sports Wisconsin's and the Milwaukee Brewers' Sophia Minute. That's all coming up next. It's Brewers Weekly. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ from the Greater Milwaukee Auto Show. Thanks for hanging out. I'm Greg Matzik. Uh, you heard Craig Council mention it when he was talking about you know Jimmy Nelson and getting some other guys involved, the plan for Nelson, and, and where does he fit in into the discussion. And when asked about the rotation, asking, do we have this cut again? When Craig Council was asked about the starting rotation, he mentioned Yolis Chassin, and then it's, it's kind of a grab bag. Here's exactly what Council had to say. We're, re we're really looking at, you know, Chassin is locked in, sure. and then we really have, I think, you know, five, five, and I would, I would throw, throw Josh Tomlin is, is certainly under consideration. Um, it's like seven for four, I think we. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think. Right? Am I missing a guy? Uh, it, so then it's the three young guys: Cor Corbin Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Davies, Anderson. So that's that's six, and then Tomlin is, is seven, and that so that's kind of the the, the the core list. And then there's some other guys that Junior Guerra's you know, there, but we'd like to probably use him in the bullpen if, you know, we're healthy healthy in the rotation right now, coming out of spring. And Jimmy Nelson, Jimmy Nelson's the other guy that's factors into that, yeah. So it, a decent glimpse inside the mind of Craig Council with what he's thinking. It's Yoli Chassin, the Brewers' best pitcher from a year ago, uh, in a starting capacity anyway, and then a, a collection of guys here. And when I look at this list, when I look at Zach Davies, when I look at Tomlin, Anderson, Burns, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, Jimmy Nelson, obviously that's more than you can have in your rotation. But if you're assuming a five-man rotation for Craig Council, and let's say a guy like Freddie Peralta is on the outside of that looking in, well, he's in the bullpen. If Corbin Burns is somehow on the outside of that looking in, well, he goes to the bullpen. And same, I think, for Brandon Woodruff. But does that happen to Chase Anderson? So that, that becomes an interesting question here. So what do you do with a guy like Chase Anderson, who was never pitched out of the bullpen and delivered 30 starts a season ago with an ERA under four, but was victim of the long ball, gave up more home runs than anybody in the National League, 22 at Miller Park alone, and has already given up three in Cactus League play. So not everybody is ticketed for the bullpen if they don't land in the rotation. That, that's just the way that I look at this. I don't envision Jimmy Nelson out of the bullpen. I don't envision Chase Anderson out of the bullpen. I don't really envision Zach Davies out of the bullpen. Now, with the way Craig Council manipulates his staff, maybe it doesn't matter anymore. Um, certainly a couple of years ago, you'd look at this list and say, well, that's a bullpen target, that's a bullpen target, that's certainly not, that's certainly not. I, it may be different. I, I may be forced to look at this a different way, but that's just how I view it right now. 
And then Nelson, I think just I, I think he is part of the rotation when he's ready to go. I, I I just don't see bullpen with Nelson, Anderson, or Davies. The other guys, Tomlin, Guerra, as Council mentioned, Burns, Peralta, Woodruff, I, I could see bullpen. But my gut feeling is that two of these guys, Burns, Peralta, Woodruff, two of those three will end up as part of that initial outgetting staff. One will be moved to the bullpen. And you might have a, a, a decent pitcher without a job. Uh, it, I'm, I'm interested to watch this play out. It is not cut and dry. Nothing has been determined yet aside of Yoli Shasin. And, you know, he's in line to be an opening day starter if he's healthy and, and all set to go. We know the back end of the bullpen is pretty well established, pretty well stacked with Hayter and Jeffress and Corey Knable. Uh, Matt Albers is still part of this deal, and I'm curious to see if he can bounce back. He started off so well last season. Then had an injury. His numbers were very bad before the injury. He tried to pitch through it, and that wasn't smart. And then in coming back, it was just a complete disaster. So uh, I'm not sure exactly where he's at, although his uh, limited opportunities so far this spring have have been pretty good. Uh, But that's an interesting group to look at. I don't know that it strikes fear into National League opponents, but I don't know that the Brewers' starting staff did a year ago anyway. It's really more about the bullpen and and how dominant they have the capability of being uh, this season as they were a season ago. A lot of same names coming back for the Brewers this season. Coming up next, if you missed it, a portion of my conversation with Fox Sports Wisconsin's Sophia Minnert. She of the Milwaukee Brewers as well. We'll hear it after this as Brewers Weekly continues from the Auto Show. Back again, it's Brewers Weekly for the Greater Milwaukee Auto Show. I'm Greg Matzik on WTMJ. Earlier tonight on Sports Central, I had a nice conversation with Sophia Minnert of the Milwaukee Brewers and Fox Sports Wisconsin. And uh, we started our conversation actually talking about Brent Suter's initiative in the clubhouse, trying to make sure that all the plastic water bottles are a thing of the past and uh, trying to use reusable water bottles. So a portion of our conversation is something that you may have heard a little bit about when we talked to Brent Suter earlier tonight. Nonetheless, conversation with Sophia Minnert. Brent is very conscious of, like, you know, he brings his own lunchbox so that if he wants to take food home, he puts it in that instead of, like, a styrofoam container. Um, so he's done this on his own. This isn't, like, a new thing. Um, but I think now that he's got a little extra time since he's just rehabbing, he decided to kind of really make this push to see how many how many of his teammates he could get involved in this. Um, you know, there's there's over 50 players in camp right now, plus staff. And so in that clubhouse, I, I think they go through about 20 cases of water per day, um, which you can imagine the, the bottles uh, adds up even when you're recycling. So I think this is just his effort of doing something that he's passionate about and trying to rope in his teammates and, and the staff to kind of get on board with this, to just be a little bit more environmentally conscious with, with the usage of, of their plastics. It's a nice evolution. A few years ago, Matt Garza got robes for people. There was a pinata, I right. think, last year, or maybe the year prior, that was uh, mysteriously placed near Garza's locker. I think Scooter Jeanette had something to do with that. This is a nice evolution. See, this is actually saving the country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's really doing this from, like, the best of intentions. And I think it's, even if it, people can't commit 100%, I think he recognizes some guys just won't be able to or, you know, obviously old habits will, will come back in. Um but even if it's just, like, an awareness thing to, like, make people aware of their usage or, or try to cut down on it somewhat, I think he's, he's totally on board with that. So it's definitely it's taken some life on, on social media because he's, he's having a lot of fun with, you know, posting photos and videos of his teammates buying into this. 
Sophia Minner joining us from Arizona. The Brewers lost a game today. They won a game today. Um, Sophia, during spring training, especially in, I mean, in February, for goodness sake, I try not to get too excited about things that seem to be going very well, and I try not to be too concerned about things that don't quite look right. So why shouldn't I be too excited? <laughs> Thank you. So why shouldn't I be too excited? <laughs> right. So why shouldn't I be overly excited about Corey Ray's home runs that have not landed yet? And why? What I should? Why should I not be too concerned about Chase Anderson giving up a few home runs on pitches that found the center of the strike zone? Yeah. I mean, I think you hit on it. Is that it's just it's so early that the sample sizes are so minuscule right now that it's really it's not fair to assess anyone at this point um and and that goes for pitchers hitters position players like it kind of goes across the board um i mean guys are just kind of getting into this and there's so much that goes into it about just even getting their bodies you know into baseball shape so to speak you can do all the strength and conditioning you want in the off season uh, but it's not until you put the uniform on and you are used to wearing cleats all day again and you get out onto the field, you, your body needs to readjust. Um, and so I think, you know, also spring training, like this is when guys use the time to work on stuff. Like, yes, they're getting ready for the season, but this is when they're supposed to experiment and they're supposed to work on stuff. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But that's the point of spring training is you have the time to do all of that stuff because you're expected to be ready when the season starts and the games matter. And, and you don't need to tell this team, you know, how much every single game matters um, after what they've gone through the last two years. So, um, you know, I think for a guy like Corey Ray, it's great to have this early success. He is certainly benefiting from a lot of playing time while, you know, Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, Ryan Braun, they'll take their time ramping up. Guys like Corey Ray get a, a ton of extra at-bats and, and extra playing time which is great for them to get into a rhythm and establish some confidence. And, you know, for a guy like Chase Anderson, he's, he's really reworking some things. He wants to get back to what he was in 2017. So I wouldn't, like, read a lot into what those early results are. From a health perspective, Sophia, it seems like things are, are in pretty good shape. Are there any concerns at all? I mean, you know, knock on all the things. So far, so good for everyone. Um, you know, Scooter's still rehabbing from Tommy John. Jimmy Nelson, of course, they're keeping an eye on, but he's resumed his throwing program, and they're hopeful that they can get him back on the mound probably by the weekend. Um, and, and kind of the biggest story, unfortunately, has been Mauricio Dubon, um, who he was so fired up to be in the lineup and start on Saturday for the Cactus League opener you know, it was his first return to action coming off of the ACL injury. Um, he was so ecstatic to be in the lineup, and then he gets hit with this kind of stomach illness, and he's now been in the hospital for the last couple of days. So we haven't seen Mauricio since Saturday. Um, but Craig Council said that, you know, he is still in the hospital. He's improving. They're hopeful that they can get him back to camp um, in the next couple of days. But you just feel bad for the kid because he's worked so hard to come back from this ACL injury he finally gets back out there um, and, and now is dealing with this stomach virus. So um, hopefully he can rejoin the team here pretty soon. That sounds a little serious, doesn't it? I mean, just if it's a stomach yeah. bug five days in the hospital, that's got to be a little concerning. Yeah, and, and, you know, they Craig has told us, you know, that, like, yes, he is in the hospital. Um, you know, he's obviously getting tested. So far, nothing has come up as it being super serious. They just want to make sure that, like, he's in a good place, obviously, before, you know, his health is obviously the most important in terms of him 
getting out of the hospital, him able to rejoin the team, and also you don't want him to spread it um, to any of the other guys. So, you know, Craig said that it, he was encouraged, you know, he's finally getting back to eating again. Um, and so far, you know, he is making progress. They're seeing improvement from him. But, again, just not something anybody wants to deal with. That's Sophia Minnett from a little earlier tonight on Sports Central. You can hear the full interview if you uh, check out the Sports Central podcast page. Download the WTMJ mobile app. It's real easy to do. You can subscribe to Sports Central and take us with you wherever you go. We will wrap up Brewers Weekly with some final thoughts after this on WTMJ. Wrapping up Brewers Weekly from the Greater Milwaukee Auto Show. Greg Matzik with you. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're back again with a three-hour Sports Central tomorrow night. Ahead of Bucks basketball, the Bucks in Los Angeles to take on the Lakers. So a uh, big story of the day, as we mentioned, Bryce Harper's contract. 13 years, $330 million. It's it, just insanity, uh, the money being thrown around. It's trying to dig back and find some of the largest contracts in baseball history and if it really lived up to its billing. And time will tell, I guess, on Manny Machado and, and Bryce Harper. Alex Rodriguez had two mega deals. He had a 10-year, $250 million contract with the Rangers back in 2001. And then he had a 10-year, $275 million deal with the Angels. So I know he had mega numbers and big-time numbers, but still there was heat on Alex Rodriguez. Yes, of course, the steroid deal, uh, but that he didn't perform in the postseason. So that came up. That was a big deal. That was a big discussion point. Albert Pujols, that was a monster deal as well, 10 years, $240 million. So he is still under contract for a couple of more years. Does anybody really expect Albert Pujols to be doing anything the next couple of years? His production dipped. It, it flat-out dipped after 11 years. He had 11 years in the big leagues and still got a 10-year contract. That's insanity. Uh, yes, he was a three-time MVP award and winner, and it was just you know tearing up the ball. But how long was that really going to last? His list of accomplishments earned that mega deal, but he was going to be 32 years old at the start of that season. So predictably, injuries have sort of sapped the elite production out of Albert Pujols, and that is being looked at as an albatross of a contract. You had Prince Fielder's contract, nine years, $214 million. That's why he left the Milwaukee Brewers. He was a premier power hitter when he signed that deal. He was going to be 28 years old at the start of that season. It was the largest contract ever given out by the Tigers. And he had five straight seasons with the Brewers of 30-plus home runs. And he had a good first year. It was Fielder. It was Miguel Cabrera. They reached the AL pennant, um, ultimately swept by the Giants in the World Series. But uh, Detroit had back-to-back years in the ALCS. That was pretty impressive. And Fielder was an all-star. So it got off to a great start. But then, all of a sudden, the power numbers dipped a little bit. Had 30 home runs in 2012, 25 and 13, and it seemed like Detroit was in such a big hurry to get away from that contract, so they traded him. Then he went off to Texas, and it was another blockbuster trade, and Fielder had a pretty good year in Texas in 2015. Rangers got to the playoffs, and then health kind of took over, and uh, neck injuries forced him away. But just a few years into a contract, and he was productive, the Tigers were willing to to cut bait and move away. Uh, Zach Greinke, Max Scherzer, big-time deals. Uh, I think they have lived up to those deals. Jason Hayward still playing out his eight-year, $184 million contract with the Cubs. I would say he has not lived up to that contract. Yes, the Cubs did win a World Series, and 
he's a Gold Glove award-winning right fielder, but he's a below-average hitter. So I, these mega contracts that are given out, if I see 13 years, I see 10 years, I think insanity. What are you doing? So to me, this world that the baseball gods have given us is a world where one- and two-year deals are common. So watch the dominoes fall now. Now that Manny Machado and Bryce Harper have signed, what is next? When does Dallas Keuchel go? When does Craig Kimbrell go? Is, is there really a, a big, robust pitcher's market? So many two-year deals, or fewer, being handed out. And to me, that is an advantage to a team like the Brewers, who do not want to be saddled with a mega deal, and quite frankly can't afford a super mega deal like the one given out to Harper or Machado. So if you're a baseball fan and you're watching the, the, the way the economics of the game is playing out, I think it's a benefit to a team like the Brewers. We are out of time in tonight's program. Thanks to Brent Suter. Thanks to Sophia Minnert. Thanks to you for being part of the program each and every week on Brewers Weekly. I know Bat Pauly's coming back uh, pretty soon, so uh, he'll be back in the saddle here with Brewers Weekly moving forward. And, of course, Matt, uh, excellent host of Brewers Extra Innings during the regular season. The news is next on WTMJ.